Welcome to Residential Tech Talks. I'm Jeremy Glowacki, Executive Editor of Residential Tech Today. And I am joined by a good friend of mine, Todd Anthony Puma, the CEO of the Soros Home Theater in the New Jersey, New York market. He's one of those integrators who has been greatly affected by the COVID-19 uh, quarantine. And today we're going to talk about that, but we're more, more importantly going to talk about our, our friendship over the years working together. And I just wanted to say welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me, Todd. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. It's been a long time waiting. I've been watching your show for the last few weeks and been loving all the guests you've been having on. Well, thanks for thanks for watching. I, you've always been such a supporter, and I think we're a mutual admiration society for each other on the things we do. And uh, it's it's great to see you again. It's been a while. Um, I did I did watch you when you were doing your uh, AV Nation uh, seminar there. That was pretty cool. Um, and I know you, you're about as comfortable as I am being on camera, but <laughs> <laughs> we're all doing what we got to do, right? Uh, it's nerve-wracking. I'm definitely breaking a sweat right now uh, with the dripping down my back as we speak when the words are coming out, even though it's only you and I. Just knowing you, but one person's going to watch this, it just makes me shiver. Well, <laughs> you and me both, we'll, uh, we'll get going here just having a conversation and, and hopefully we can both relax and enjoy it. Um, so, you know, I mentioned up front that being in the New York market, you're the, one of the first people I reached out to um, when things started shutting down because New York is so unique in terms of how strict everything has been. Um, tell kind of walk us through those early days. And you mentioned to me trying to drive in to, to, to go to work essentially in the city and being turned away by, I guess, the police, the, the, the highway patrol or whatever it was saying, hey, you know, you're not essential. You need to turn around, even though, you know, we've been deemed essential workers in this industry. The city is just like nothing's happening. You got, you got to go back. So tell, tell us about that experience. It was really the beginning days of while all this was occurring. I think still it was new to everyone, including law enforcement. Um, going into the city and not having our paperwork, uh, which we didn't know we needed at that point, because we figured, hey, we have business cards, the band says the company name. I have all the proof of documentations needed in order to prove that I am a business of, an, of a home theater, a home automation company. I don't see this being a problem. But they said, hey, listen, if you're going to be going into the city to do whatever work you're going to be doing, you're not considered to be essential. Um, we would consider you turning back uh, if you have no projects or business being in the city. You know, we're going to follow the rules. We're going to follow the laws. And you know what? It's kind of like a blessing in disguise that it did happen that day because more stuff broke down that was at the job site that we couldn't get in anyway uh, since they stopped construction on the job site. So we went in and paid a toll for no reason. So we're looking <laughs> for a positive negative in that situation. Now you have a colleague based there in the city, right? Uh, Mark Feinberg, my good friend. Well, your good friend, we'll get to, we'll get to your good friend later, but <laughs> don't you have a, a team member that's uh, in the metro area that's able to go to jobs there, but can't, couldn't even do that because doormen aren't letting anybody in, that type of thing? That's correct. Most of our employees actually from New York City, uh, Brooklyn, actually, the technician okay. you talked about is from. Um, yeah, he couldn't get into any buildings. You try to get into a building. And it's based on building to building is, is they have all different rules. A lot of them won't even let you up at all. They don't care what the situation is. You could be Verizon. You could be any company, uh, except for like something deemed necessary, like electrical or heat and hot water. Um, they won't let you up. The only buildings that will let you up are privately owned brownstones at this point 
uh, based upon all my research that I've been doing with speaking with other integrator friends in New York City, even getting into commercial buildings has been a challenge for uh, multiple integrators at this point. Yeah, I've heard a lot of that too. So I know we, we can get into some of the stuff that you've been working on recently, but in the in, in that immediate term after you found out, like I can't get into the city, um, did you have any business? It sounded like you got pretty quiet there for a while. Did you have any business around New Jersey that you could kind of do or did you just sort of shut things down temporarily? You know what? I shut things down for the technicians and my staff just because, you know, I had concerns for their well-being. Um, but I also didn't put them on unemployment. I decided on paying them uh, out of our pocket just to make sure that we keep, you know, kind of things as normal as possible. And we've been doing so until this point. Um, you know, we did get approved for a PPP loan, which did help out to, you know, pay back some of the lost income that we had. Uh, profitability has been there. Our technicians have been working remotely on supporting service contracts as well as non-service contracts. At this point, we gave a courtesy period to all our customers that don't have a service contract. If something's wrong, we're going to assist them. We're going to get the job up and running and we're not going to build them at this point. You know, it, it's, it's a good deed passed forward and, you know, hopefully it gets paid back in the long run. If it doesn't, we're not looking for anything to be paid back. Um, but on the car, the customer side in New Jersey, it's been very um, busy out here lately. Um, in the first couple of weeks, we were dead. You know, there was nobody wanted us in, nobody wanted us out. And the good thing is, if that's the case, I mean, systems are working, they're functioning, and they're operating. Uh, as the weeks went on and the boredom started setting in and the customers started realizing that there might be more they could do uh, based upon, you know, past recommendations, reading on technology, uh, working on Zoom calls, uh, internet, you know, whatever it may be, customers have been acquiring more, which we've been putting together a lot of proposals. And at this point, we've been getting approved on a lot of those proposals for the what if scenarios, you know, a lot of oversee, a lot of walk box, a lot of networking upgrades. Um, you know, the, the Crestron has the Mercury system that's out, that's like a video conferencing system. So people don't have to be held hostage to a headset. Uh, or a microphone system, uh, if they have the properly insulated room, which I do not, uh, but I have the system. Um, that's been a, a big selling point uh, to our customers and something that everybody's a little bit more kind of open in order to spend that additional income if they need to, because they don't want to be as uncomfortable as they might have been with the current state they were in. Um, and adding these little points of technology will make it a little easier for them. And, you know, at this point right now, we've been working all week. It's been a very consistent week. Next week, we have jobs that we're going to be finishing up the pre-wires. Uh, the week after that, a lot of service and maintenance. Again, only in New Jersey, nowhere in New York City at all. There's not one job that's open to us in New York City. But business is starting to turn around. I always try to keep positive about what's occurring, what's happening, what could be happening. Um, but at certain points, it got a little dark for me, to be honest with you. And having this refreshing period of time where business is coming in and also new business is coming in, we're being recommended some builders because uh, unfortunately other integrators have closed permanently uh, due to this, um, which I do feel bad about. But I do did realize that it's going to open up more business for integrators who had the income and built to last their company uh, with a little bit more of a damage control or disaster control relief funds for themselves by saving up for moments like this, that those companies are going to be reaping the rewards um, for somebody else's losing their company uh, or their business practices because of this devastation 
Um, and that's what it's been seeming to be is a lot of great relationships have been pushed forward because of it. And you know what? I'm excited to see what the future brings. It's, it's honestly, it's not just one of these, I'm on an interview and I'm just going to give a positive speech here and make everybody believe something that's not real. I'm, I'm 100% excited about what's going to happen in the next six to eight weeks. And I would love to report back on it because I think great things will be happening based upon current events. That sounds great. I, I always appreciate your, your, uh, well, I mean, I, you wear your, your heart on your sleeve, you know, I saw you go through the rough stretch there and we've all been had our ups and downs during this period. Um, you know, even trivial things, just you work, wake up on the wrong side of the bed one day and you're like, I can't believe I'm doing this again. And to running a business like you have, that's so stressful. Um, what protocols have you had to change or implement, um, now that you're doing work again? Are you, has the booties thing gone to booties and a mask and gloves or what, what do you do when you go into these homes now? It's so uncomfortable to be honest with you. It's, you know, my, all of us or the technicians that are currently with me uh, on these projects in New Jersey, including myself, it's, we don't know what to do. There's anxiety walking into people's homes because it's the initial reaction. When you see somebody, um, you don't, even with the booties, the mask, um, you know, Lysol, carrying all these cleaning supplies. First thing we walk in now with is cleaning supplies versus the product or tools that we need for the job because we have to be able to build a game plan on our plan of action of where we'll be walking in that home and going through with a customer on a FaceTime call before we get on the phone that, okay, we're going to be working in these areas. Are you okay with that? And our form of communication won't be one-on-one -on -one in person. It's going to be through this cell phone. So if you need to ask me a question, please don't come up to us at the rack area or the location we're in. Just quickly send us a phone call and we'll go through all the questions. Also, if we need to move from location to location, please keep your phone on you as much as uh, possible because we'll be calling you to maneuver from room to room. It's It's been a challenge because you have to think first before you do, which kind of we just used to do. If we wanted to go to a room and it was a master bedroom, the door was closed, you know what to do knock on the door and wait for someone to answer. In this case, the door is wide open and you don't know if they're in there or not. So you're calling out, hey, customer, can I uh, come in? It, it's, it's different. It, it's a different world. Wiping down keypads after you touch it, um, you know, it, it's just, and if, if you forget, you get all tense. It's like, oh, did I forget to do that keypad? Did I forget to do this? Did, oh, did I clean down this? Did I touch this? Um, what am I going to do in this point if I didn't, you know, clean this or do that. It's, it's, it's a lot of unwanted anxiety um, for the, you know, the plans of motion. And I don't want to consider this the new norm. And I refuse to use the wording or tech or terms. Oh, this is the new norm. I want to get back into what was normal and live life and do business the way that it used to be done. Um, I'm not looking forward to moving forward with this part of the things with the new booty stature and Lysol everywhere. I hear you. It's, it's been, it's been weird all around for everybody, but, uh, Hey, I want to continue our conversation, including, uh, talking more about, uh, not only your good friend, Mark Feinberg, but also our friend, John Stern, I mean, John Siaka, my bad, and, uh, some other things. So, uh, before we continue, here's a break from our sponsor. Thanks for listening to residential tech talks. Today's episode is brought to you by Sony. Sony's OLED TVs and Master Series meet the strict criteria of the top engineers and makes beautiful images a reality. Their 4K HDR TVs pair the brilliance of 4K with the brightness, color, and detail of high dynamic range. 
See how every scene comes to life with extraordinary realism. Discover a new level of immersive cinematic audio at home. With Dolby Atmos and acoustic surface audio, you'll enjoy three-dimensional surround sound that takes your breath away. See everything new from the world of Sony USA, including electronics, the new PlayStation 5, movies, music, and TV shows. Visit www.sony.com to learn more. We're back with Todd Anthony Puma talking about uh, some things that uh, we're challenged with with the COVID-19 um, pandemic, but also I wanted to kind of turn the page a little bit and talk about some happier stuff about our our long-term friendship in this industry, how it got started. I think uh, uh, I, I just, it, it's kind of crazy how, how we, we get to know each other in this industry and then people don't know how, how these connections are made. And with me, with uh, my prior job at Residential Systems, um, there was an article that you were featured in, a, a freelance writer, Karen Mitchell wrote it. Um, and, and I thought this guy sounds interesting, but then, you know, I'm always a little bit, I, I kind of hang back a little bit before I kind of dive in a little deeper with people. And then your name came up again, and I believe this is how it worked. John Siaka was doing a blog post about working with celebrity clients, if I remember this right. And you came up in that, and I started thinking, this guy sounds really cool. And, and somehow we found out that you had an interest in writing and started writing blogs for residential systems, and you're still doing that. And you've, your learning curve was, was pretty steep at the beginning. Um, we worked together on it, and now I read your stuff. And, it, and I, after, at one point, I even said, do you have somebody helping you with these things? Because they've gotten really good, you know? And, uh, and, I'd, say, and I'd say that continues. But uh, talk a little bit about, you know, those early days in terms of how you got started in writing, because that, that's not your typical leap for an integrator to make. That, that's actually a good story. No one's ever asked me that before. Um, but it, there was a lot of different um, avenues I took in order to get to it. Originally, obviously, we started with you and I and then John Siaka and stories being done on myself. And I kind of felt that there was parts that were being left out that I wanted to say that not always hit the articles. And that little area was my expertise on the job site that I thought integrators would want to know about because I'm not successful. It's just the jobs that have been successful to make me known. All right, the projects that I have done, the other guys do it very well. There's other integrators out there, like uh, Time, I think you say it is, that do jobs very, very well, and they're also publicized, and they're you know pitch perfect, you know, company for magazines. But myself, is I kind of lived with that way of doing business at the time where there wasn't much technology to make you that way. Um, the celebrity aspect of talking about them is a kind of avenue I never really got to talk about, even though it was known that I did jobs for certain you know, celebrities and athletes and whoever else it may be. Um, so that's something I never really got to talk much about, but you gave me the opportunity and John gave me the opportunity to kind of go out with that. And then going for the writing, it was URC. I remember URC asked me to do something for them. Uh, and it was one of their PR people. I can't remember their name. I think it was Joe at the time. And he was like, listen, uh, CE Pro wants an article done. If you wouldn't mind, you know, writing something up for them. And I'm like, I okay, I don't know how to do this. Uh, how can I do this? So I talked to my wife. My wife is a very educated woman. She you know, is articulating with the word she picks and then she helped assist me to grow me in that avenue while I learned a little bit more how to be a writer and how to you know, express what was coming to my mind and put it on paper 
and do the best job I can do in order to do so. It's never been an easy uh, task for me. It's very challenging. I don't just put something on paper and it comes out perfect the first time. I spent hours on making it the right wording and putting the right commas and period and question marks, expression points. It's so many different things I do that I just don't do well. So when I put it on paper and it comes through, it's something that I actually worked on versus other people who are gifted like yourself, as well as John Siaka. He's, he's just extremely gifted. Even his emails that come into me, I'm intimidated because when I write something back, I feel like I have to give him at least 1% of what he gave me and he didn't even try to make the email interesting. It's just, he's a gifted, wonderful person and he can do those things that I cannot do. So I give kudos to that. And you know what? I'm going to keep trying my best in order to get the stories across to my fellow integrators. I'm hoping I'm telling stories that actually can resonate with them. I'm hoping I can assist other integrators and not make the mistakes that I constantly make every day or every week. And you know, another thing I try to do that I don't think a lot of integrators know is partnering with the right manufacturers and building a good networking structure. Um, the other day, I wrote an article about watching these podcasts, which I brought you up, is a lot of integrators are saying now at this point that, oh, I'm, I'm the guy. I'm the voice of the industry. I don't believe the voice of the industry is given to you. It's a title that the industry picks to put you in. I have never been in that position or ever had that title. But Chris Neto, yourself, you've been doing this such a long time. John Siaka, Heather, you know, Matt. Um, and the list goes on and on and on. And those people really deserve that title as the voice of the industry. And at this point in time, people are doing a good job because they're bored on just getting content out. But a lot of the content that's out is is awful. And doing what you're doing and getting it right the first time is extremely complicated. And I, I believe on, on its own, it's a gift in its own right. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that about my writing. It does take work. And uh, it it's like that 10,000 hours um, kind of experience, you know, you just have to keep, keep at it for podcasting. I'm far from there yet. I've got, <laughs> I've got a lot of these to do before I feel comfortable, but I, I, I am enjoying the medium as far as getting a different way of doing things and, um, getting to talk to people like this. And, uh, um, I would say if we, we didn't mention, um, uh, John Siaka loves to to poke fun with uh, your good friend Mark Feinberg, who's come up a lot in your in your blogs. Um, let's talk about Mark. How you guys got to know each other, and why he he's such a, a go to person for you as a business owner, as an integrator, as a friend, as a writer. Um, to why you refer to him so much? Like what what's that all about? It's so funny because this all branches back into the initial story that was written about me. Because when I originally spoke uh, in that article, I talked about building like a home theater rebuild. And what it was is just building one pricing point and never to devalue yourself or the products you sell to discount them because it's just going to bring the whole industry down and down and down until we're making no margins and we become an industry that is pretty much valueless and we're contractors. So from that article is when it all started with Mark. So he was with me from day one from that point and went straight across until this point. Now, what Mark does for me and which a lot of people do in the industry for me as well is they keep me grounded in the sense of knowing what's out there. He's the pulse of the industry. He helped me understand about Snap AV. I was like, I ain't offering that stuff. You know, Snap AV, that's, that's garbage, right? I'm being candid. I don't believe that. But... It wasn't a good brand. It was like monoprice to me at the first year. He talked to me about Eero. He talked to me about other brands that I never knew about 
that is currently in my arsenal of gear that I offer today. Um, and the one thing about Mark is that he never gets to the point where he's not willing on trying something that is brand new and bringing it in to, you know, his bringing on his workbench, we'll say, because Mark lives the value like I do is we don't sell it until we live with it for six months. And with Mark, just by so many things, how he speaks as a humble individual, you know, just talking to him night after night, you know, the last couple of months, you know, we've been communicating a little bit more and people don't realize this, but Mark came from a marketing background. He had zero experience in AV. The guy knew nothing about AV. He probably knew what an AV receiver was, but he probably thought first it was a TV. He had no idea. We, myself, I trained him. I brought him in and I helped him to get to the point of the knowledge area where he wasn't at. I utilized him by having a technician of mine working with his company. Um, and from month to month to month, I saw Mark grow. And the most beautiful thing about Mark is everything I've taught him, he stuck with. He stuck with not devaluing the company uh, products, not underselling labor, not underselling products um, like, you know, Control 4 he offers or Snap. And it's not to fight your way to the bottom. He's always stood by that. But it's weird because he went in a completely different direction than me. I'm selling Crestron. He's selling Control 4. So it, it's also a good thing for myself is that when I'm on job sites and I'm you know, seeing what's happening with the customers and how the customers are rejecting certain avenues that I'm offering them, even though I believe it's the best solution, he's having the same pains on a different avenue. Or when he's carrying out Crestron jobs and putting Control 4, he's helping me understand why he's carrying out Crestron jobs for Control 4. And I'm helping him understand why I'm always carrying out Control 4 jobs just because I want to. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, okay, it's I. I respect Control Four, and I do respect where they they are and where they're going. And now that they're with Snap AV, I respect them even more than ever. So that was just a jab, just for him, not yeah. for Control Four as an industry. Understood. And I mean, you guys do complement each other really well, and 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 can kind of play off each other there. Um, you've always been so um, such a brand cheerleader. Um, you know, whether it was URC in those early days. I mean, you just you died for URC there early on. And I think you evolved into what you did differently. And now Crestron is just like really the thing for you. What, what is really exciting you um, from a current technology mix? And then we'll talk about what you're looking at ahead for the future in terms of your, the way you market yourself um, in the new world ahead of us. But uh, what's really getting you excited from a brand standpoint or product standpoint? Well, I think mesh networks, uh, we're not talking about Crestron, right? At this point, we're talking just product Whatever. Yeah, broad or, or special, uh, specific like that, yeah. Yeah, I think the first thing is first is, you know, companies like Eero. It's just exciting, you know, to offer mesh technology and other, you know, other firms and other companies and manufacturers are adapting to that world of getting it, you know, get in, get out, get paid. Um, that's the number one exciting thing because if it wasn't because of companies like Eero at this point in Arachnus, um, building those hybrid networks, I wouldn't be getting paid as quickly as I am. I probably wouldn't be making any money during this period of time. And also I would have a lot more exposure to customers and to the virus and making people uncomfortable. So that technology to me, that's number one. Number two, Crestron Home. Again, we're talking about merging over systems. There's a lot of older technology that's out there, you know, the Crestron Classic systems that, you know, I have to tear down and rebuild. If I was going to do that, say, five or 10 years ago with Crestron Classic, I would have been living at the customer's house for at least two to three weeks. 
that wouldn't work during this period of time. But right now I've got in and out of customers' homes um, within the last couple of weeks, six hours for jobs that would have honestly took me probably about maybe 40 hours of work being on site with the client. And that's just counted for myself, not counted for the additional time that it's going to take for the technicians. Um, so that's been extremely exciting for me. Um, other technology that's in play is it's, there's really not much exciting stuff out there um, that's really going to help with current times that I could really talk about because during these periods, you're really thinking about what you could offer to get in, get out and get paid uh, with limited exposure to any, you know, humans in life form yeah. at all, but getting this virus. So I haven't been digging in deep of what's coming out. Um, but in the next couple of weeks, I know Cedia is, you know, going to start ramping up their marketing. I know companies are going to start, you know, speaking more about the technology that's coming and that's unfolding in the next coming uh, months. So I'm going to look forward to that and I'll start kind of getting a little bit more invested into what's coming versus what I'm dealing with now. Well, I mean, and what, what you're saying is, is a sign of maturity in this business too, because the, the old days of chasing after the shiny new object, that that's really not a good strategy because you, you end up um, putting in an unproven technology sometimes that way. And so you're, you're really, you found the things that really work for you and, and you, that's what you are working with and you're trying to find solutions for clients in a current state that's different than your typical. We're not just trying to wow people anymore. We're trying to help them de deal with this being stuck at home business <laughs> of our, our day to day. And, and I, I get what you're saying there. You, you would talk to me a while back about some new strategies looking ahead as, as you're coming out of the quarantine. Are you still thinking like that? Or are you seeing that it's going to gradually come back and you're just going to kind of stay the course with the way you've been doing things. You know what it's been like, like you said earlier today is like when you wake up, you're, it's a, it's different day by day. Some days you're like, Oh, you got hit with a ton of bricks. And some days, you know, you got hit with the light. It's kind of been like that with our process going forward and implementing the new structure of how we're going to do business every day. I think it's more of my approach at this point is on offering the customers. We'll make it as easy as possible for them just in case anything ever happens and they're stuck at home for a few weeks, that they can have the technology and they can have also the knowledge in order to make those little inconsistencies that have been occurring, like drop networks because multiple people have been on the Zoom calls or streaming on Apple devices or whatever it may be, that they're not fully educated on why it's happening. They just think that my you know, Verizon service sucks or you know, the network that Todd put in is really horrible. I knew he wasn't right from the beginning. It just was money. I'm getting nothing. So I want to be able to educate them. So what I've been doing is I've been doing the friendship kind of approach on everything is just giving customers a call, asking them about their everyday lives, asking them what they're doing, kind of like the care, right? Contact, ask questions, recommend, and encourage. Um, it's something that we're in right now. We're in care policy. So let's go back into the care way of doing business. And I've been kind of taking that information and then putting it into my little computer over here and figuring out what's going to work for that customer based on current technology that is in place to make their lives a little bit easier. What I also do is I don't immediately, after that phone call, is just approach them with something. I get them on the phone again if they want to, because this is all about caring about them. They've been through a lot of tough time. People psychologically aren't all there right now, uh, at, at not majority of the clients, and you can trigger them off and turn them off and like literally snap up a a finger at this point. So I want to be careful on doing that. And what this approach does is the three-step act is going to help them to 
pick something that they feel like they need that they're not being sold upon because a lot of integrators are thinking as at this point and just people salespeople are thinking that this is a cash cow because oh i'm going to go in and tell the customer need this 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 and this you can't sell on fear you have to sell on what the customer actually needs and you have to be able to sleep at night money's going to come in if you're honest money's not going to come in if you're a person who's looking for the dollar or a person who's looking to pick up your brand more than it is, you have to be honest about everything you offer and you have to give the customer exactly what they need based upon what they saying they need. So how can you make that possible? Put together your list, contact, ask questions, recommend and encourage. First call is a general call to see how they're doing because you should care about your clients, just like you care about your family. Second call is to take that information and put it on paper and talk to them about. Do not send them the invoice until the phone call is over and they agree upon they wanna see something or they want to purchase product. You don't know where they are financially. So don't make that call just to send them something. It's, I believe it's, it's, it's tacky and it would turn people off. The third part of it is getting into the customer's home and getting out of the customer's home as quickly as possible based upon what you offer them. Get them on a call, a Zoom call, and go through every bit of technology you put into their home and educate them just like you would normally in person, but take it through a couple more steps. So this point of the process is it's a little bit longer and we're dealing with more time that's been invested than ever before. But honestly, I have the time. I don't know about other integrators, but it, it's, it's time well spent. And I believe I've been building some really good relationships. And I have a feeling that when things turn around in the next couple of weeks, I'll be seeing a really big return on investment just alone from what I offer to the clients, not only in dollars, but also in respect from the customers. And I think that's worth more than anything. Absolutely. And to, to wrap it up with one last question, uh, I, when I reached out to you to talk this week, you were at a job site or you were talking about a job site and it was a beautiful location, Jersey Shore, infinity pool off into a uh, harbor, uh, bay or ocean there. And uh, what kind of project is that one? Is that a network type of uh, installation or are you doing something kind of fun there with entertainment or what, what is it? I'm so glad you asked that question because it's everything wrapped up in what I was kind of talking about with the current technologies I'm excited about. So the first thing is they're in Florida. They're coming home today. And what the customer wanted is he, they wanted voice control. That's how it all started. So I want voice control. I want to be able to call out commands and get things to do what I say it's do. It has nothing to do with because I don't want to touch things. Just that's what he wants. Instantaneous gratification through his voice. So what I did is I went through some offerings. I went through his house, I went through his network. If he's doing voice control, he's gonna to need to have a little bit more robust network than he currently had in place. So what I did is I replaced uh, his router, got him a Rackness router, I got him a Rackness network switches. I put WAP boxes in so he could reboot technology with his phone so he doesn't have to also rely on me to hold him hostage on every time he needs something done. He has to call us and he also has the right, if he doesn't want to do it, go to service plan, he could do it himself, that's his right. Number two is I replaced this current Crestron system with Crestron Home. And we pretty much, it's just a, it, it was just drop and drag, uh, pretty much um, a redo, because uh, he had Crestron ping in place and all he had to do is take all the audio video and put it over to Crestron Home very quick. And we got in and out of that job probably within eight hours, six to eight hours max. And it's, we'll find out today how successful it went with the client. Uh, but that's that's what I'm talking about. This is where the future is, and this is how you know money can be made. Is you just listen to your clients, find out what they want, and they're going to spend. It's just that they have to feel like they're spending something on that they 
chose to spend the money on, not something that you made the call to pay that to make that pay out of pocket for. Great. That sounds awesome. I'm so glad that one worked out. It's a, it's a sign of life out there and an optimism for, for new jobs. So um, thanks for sharing that. And uh, I guess um, we'll wrap up there. I really appreciate your time uh, today, Todd. It's always great to talk to you. Um, thanks for joining me. No problem. Thank you very much. I mean, I really do appreciate it. This was a blast. Yeah, I agree. And um, also thanks to everybody for listening and you know, make sure to comment, share and subscribe to the podcast and check out all the latest tech news at www.restechtoday.com and subscribe to the magazine. We are still publishing print and digital publications. So um, get, get on that list so we can add you as a subscriber. Um, and on that note, uh, we're signing off till the next one. And uh, thanks for joining us. Resident 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 Resident